0: I'm Nirmal Ghosh, the Straits Times US bureau chief in Washington and this is Asian Insider. On this show we'll be discussing global events from an Asian perspective and I'll be leading the conversations with our people on the ground, asking the unanswered questions and seeking the difficult answers. And where better to start than in Hong Kong, a city roiled by protests for months now and seemingly with no end in sight. Joining today's discussion will be two of our Asian insiders, Claire Huang, the Straits Times Hong Kong correspondent, who has been on the streets watching events firsthand, and Lim Pian Liang, our China correspondent based in Beijing. But before we go to them, a quick recap. In this past week, a troop's offer by Chief Executive Carrie Lam was dismissed by protesters, quashing hopes of a resolution or even a pause to the weeks of unrest. Mrs. Lam proposed a platform for dialogue with people from all walks of life, a move seen as a bid to capitalize on the relative calm to heal the huge rift between the protesters and her government. The offer was rejected by the pro-democracy protesters, who are instead holding out for their five demands. One, complete withdrawal of the extradition bill. Two, an independent inquiry into alleged police brutality. Three, release of arrested protesters to end the characterization of the protests as riots, and the resignation of Chief Executive Carrie Lam and universal suffrage, which has in fact superseded the initial demand. And so with no end in sight, let's cross over to Hong Kong. Claire, good to see you and thanks for joining us. I know it's been nonstop for you out there.
1: (laughs) Yes, hi Nirmal.
0: It's been close to three months now since these protests began. Is it hard to see a happy ending?
1: Uh, let me answer you in numbers. Now, today is the 75th day of escalated protests in Hong Kong. Um, in 2014, if you remember the Umbrella Movement, uh, it was 79 days. That said, protests and island-wide strike have been planned until September 2 this time round, so far, okay, making this way over 79 days. And the police have fired over 2,000 rounds of uh, tear gas. They have arrested 750 people or so, 44 of those have been charged with rioting, uh, which is a 10-year jail term, Uh, not to mention multiple dozens have been injured. The short answer to your question, Nirmal, is actually nowhere. Uh, right now, Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam has invited 20 to 30 uh, who's who prominent figures to a meeting on Saturday to discuss her proposal to set up a platform for dialogue. And these people include um, former Chief Secretary Henry Tang, uh, ex-Transport Chief Anthony Chung, former LegCo President uh, Sung-Yok Singh, Cardinal, university heads, and so on and so forth. But... If you speak to analysts and protesters, um, these offers do, simply do not cut it. Um, the offer to have dialogue, uh, you know, from the pres- uh, from the protesters' perspective, is that the ship has sailed on this, and um, their demands are clear-cut. They say uh, anything lesser will not do. Um, so we are really not closer to uh, to any uh, turning point or a breaking point here.
0: Okay, you've already answered the the second question I was going to ask you, which is, uh, is there any indication that the protesters will settle for anything less than the five demands? Clearly, right now, there isn't. So what are the economic ramifications of these protests, if they continue as they are supposed to?
1: Um, Hong Kong is on the verge of its uh, first recession uh, in a decade. The economy shrank um, 0.4% in uh, April to June from the previous quarter. Now, the government confirmed last Friday um, it was lowering its full year 2019 growth forecast to a range of 0 to 1% from the previous 2 to 3%. Um, Hong Kong, like Singapore, is a trading hub, import exports, right? Uh, financial services, it thrives on tourism and retail. Um, but the U.S. tensions, uh, U.S.-China tensions have made it uh, collateral damage and ongoing demonstrations have worsened the situation uh, by adding on to the uncertainty. So the stock market has so far lost more than $620 U.S. billion. Retail and tourism are gloomy. Even property prices are expected to fall by at least 10%. And since June, there was only one public offering on an exchange that will beat uh, Singapore's any day.
0: We know Beijing has deployed significant forces at the border, there's a lot, of talk, a lot of talk about that. What's the mood in Hong Kong in general on that front and among the protesters as well? And how real is the prospect of a crackdown?
1: So on protesters' part, the sense is that China, um, if China does roll in the tanks, it's a uh, I told you China is like that kind of sentiment or thinking uh, on China's part. Uh, I think they've already waived this. Uh, they've already dismissed this. This uh uh, option because they have other um, you know options that they can use and sending in the army is a nuclear option um, and I think there are two points uh, that we need to take note of um, it is in Beijing's interest to settle the unrest here by September uh, that is according to a, a respected. Pro Beijing lawmaker Michael Tian, who days ago said that you know that uh, there was a September uh, deadline mentioned. Um, the issue here with sending in the army is that China will completely and forever lose Taiwan if they do so. And Taiwan is a bigger fish um, than Hong Kong because Hong Kong is part of China, right? And Taiwan is seen as a renegade province that they want you know to put on a unification roadmap. So there's there's still that. Um, Hope to do so. Um, But the most important point here, as um, Dr. Shelley Rigger, one of the leading um, Taiwan-China experts, uh, told me before, is that if China moves in the army, it would be a catastrophe for Hong Kong, China, Taiwan and the world. Why? Because if a crackdown succeeded, that would embolden Beijing to solve problems this way. Um, even if it didn't, Dr. Rigger then pointed out that Beijing would greatly increase the fear that it might do so. so um, and in the event that a crackdown failed, uh, it would plunge China into severe political problems and likely destabilize the entire region.
0: Thank you, Claire. That's great perspective. I'm sure this won't be the last we hear from you as the world watches Hong Kong. Take care out there. Thank you. Joining us next is our second Asian insider, Lim Yanliang, the Straits Times China correspondent in Beijing. Yanliang, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Good to be with you, Nama. What's the view in China of this situation in Hong Kong?
2: Well, China has clearly taken a very dim view of the mass protests, the likes of which the mainland has not seen in decades, and which the central government views as undermining Communist Party rule. Chinese state media has, in recent weeks, described the protests with uh, increasingly strong language and have now called the protests in Hong Kong a color revolution and even a uh, quote-unquote terrorism in the making. So Beijing's view is best summed up by Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, who during his trilateral summit with his Japanese and South Korean counterparts on Wednesday repeated the official line that the protests were the work of a small number of radicals, that the protesters had broken the law, attacked police officers, and most importantly, had not only insulted the national symbols such as the flag and the emblem, but also posed a serious challenge to the one-country, two-systems model that governs Hong Kong's place in China.
0: What is holding China back from intervening more directly and
2: more harshly? I think China has a few different uh, considerations it has in mind before it pushes the button on, uh, say, military option. First of all, it has to think about the 70th anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic that is coming up in less than 10 days' time. And also, the central government has other considerations, for instance, Hong Kong's place, uh, long-term position within uh, the Chinese state itself. Our viewers are likely aware that in recent days, the central government has assembled a sizable force of uh, both armoured personnel carriers and other military vehicles in Shenzhen and has also sent a strong warning to protesters with daily exercises and drills involving the People's Armed Police, the paramilitary arm of China's People's Liberation Army. But experts said, although this is the strongest warning yet, that Beijing will not hesitate to send in its armed forces to restore peace in Hong Kong, If absolutely necessary, this option remains a backstop or a last resort, worst-case scenario. And how has this affected China's impression of Carrie Lam? Well, Beijing has repeatedly said that Chief Executive Carrie Lam has their full and unflagging support, and I'm quoting them directly, both when the Controversial Extradition Bill was still being proposed and even after massive protests had erupted and Ms. Lam said the bill was effectively dead. Ms. Lam has also repeatedly offered to resign on several occasions after the mass protests broke out, but Beijing has obviously not accepted her resignation. Of course, one could reasonably suspect that the central government has been displeased by Ms. Lam's handling of the whole fiasco, which detractors have said was an attempt to curry favour with Beijing that backfired spectacularly. But for a state and party that famously prizes stability, the mainland is unlikely to let Ms Lam go, even if she wanted to, as that would both give the protesters something they could call a win, and also leave behind a hot seat that nobody would willingly feel. Last weekend's peaceful protests have also given Ms Lam a face-saving opening to deliver an olive branch to protesters, when she said this week, that her government is willing to consider something close to an independent investigation into complaints against police response to the protest, which is one of the protesters' uh, five demands.
0: Thank you, Yan Leung. You're clearly heading into a very critical period out there. Good luck, and we'll probably be talking again before very long. Thank you, Nama. As for the United States, President Trump himself has been careful in his statements. He has avoided the more direct condemnation of China by politicians in Congress, which triggered an angry response from China some days ago. He has seemed to link resolving the Hong Kong situation to trade talks, when he said China should be more humane, should be humane in dealing with Hong Kong. And then, of course, he did suggest that President Xi Jinping meet with protesters, which is something that most people believe is rather unrealistic. So the president has actually been relatively ambiguous. He has taken criticism for this from those who want the United States to be more vocal on democracy and human rights. But there is a counter view and one not well understood in Washington, but it is a practical view, that for the United States to be more vocal on behalf of the protesters could give them false hope, which would lead them further into a dangerous situation. That all being said, it does look like the president is trying not to let the Hong Kong situation further sour the China-U.S. relationship, which is, of course, under some strain, as we know. So the conversation has only just begun on The Asian Insider. We look forward to your company in the weeks to come. Till next time, I'm Nirmal Ghosh, signing off.